morning welcome to another episode of history under your feet today we take a look at the life of dondo keshav karve also known as nasaheb or better known as maharshi karve it is better to light a lamp in the darkness than curse it and that is what he did for the 100 odd years of his life on earth he lit the lamps in the lives of many a child widow and woman and fought for their emancipation and like a lamp that keeps glowing till its end to give light to others carbel lived for others spreading light in their lives wearing himself out slowly Tondo Keshav Karve was born on April 18 1858 to Keshava Pant and Lakshmi Bai in Ratnagiri district located in the Konkan though an aristocratic well-off family in the past they had fallen on hard times when he was born and was saddled with debts He Keshav Pant took up employment as a clerk near a landlord in the small town of Korekon in Satara district He Tondo grew up reading religious works like Gurucharitra and Shivalilam Ritra in a strictly religious household Though growing up amidst poverty and struggle, his mother taught him never to compromise on self-respect. Once, when the Maharaja of Baroda was gifting away cows along with ten rupees to every Brahmin, he asked his mother whether he could also go and accept. To which his mother replied, "You are not born in a family which seeks gifts, and among your forefathers there were many learned men, but they never accepted a gift from anybody." He began his studies in Murud, a small seaside village in Ratnagiri district, from where he hailed, and it was there that he met Vinayak Lakshman Soman, his teacher, and was also his mentor. Soman guided Dondo in his studies, and he was also a nationalist too. He felt that the village people should know what was going on in the rest of the country, and every evening he would make Dondo read out the newspapers of the local temple. He also set up a small shop with a capital of eight hundred rupees that he collected. However, due to his lack of experience in maintaining accounts, the shop had to be closed down. It was a lesson he learned, and in future ensured that whatever organization he worked with, the accounts would be managed carefully. He later wanted to appear for the examination, which would enable him to be a teacher, and he had two choices: either Mumbai or Satara. Unable to travel all the way by sea to Mumbai, he chose to trek the long route to Satara that took four days and involved crossing the Sahyadris. When he finally reached Satara, he was not allowed to write the exam as he was not 17 years old still. He, however, wrote it the next year at Kolhapur and passed the exam. He was already married to Radha Bai at this time, and wishing to have a better education, he continued at Mumbai and fortunately managed to get a scholarship as he had come fifth in the entrance test. With his father passing away, he, Dondo's brother Bikaji used to help him out, and he himself took up tuitions to earn on his own. And finally, after years of struggle, Dondo Karve graduated from Elphinstone College at Mumbai in 1884. When Karve started working, he ensured that at least a part of his income was set aside for charity. This was out of his own struggles for poverty. He knew firsthand how it was. He created a small fund which used for development of Murud village, some setting up roads there as well as an English high school. He worked for some time at Elphinstone High School in Mumbai, but not liking liking the atmosphere there. He later joined the Saint Peter School and said he would walk to it daily. His wife Radhabai was a great source of support, and Karve ensured that the boys from his hometown were not deprived of education. Many boys came from Murud. One of them was Raghunath Pranjapi, who later served as Indian ambassador to Australia. She looked after those boys like her own sons, fed them well, and took care of them. Unfortunately, ill health took a toll on Radha Bai, and she passed away on Nagapanchami Day.
It was a major blow to Karve, who could not sleep that night. And on the request of Gopal Krishna Gokhale, he went to Ferguson College, Pune, where he joined as professor of mathematics. He was aghast by the treatment meted out to widows those days, often small girls, hardly 10 to 12 years old, were married after 60 to 70 year old men, and when they died, they were condemned to a life of misery, with their heads shaved and living alone in a dark home. These unfortunate women were blamed for their fate as having accumulated the sins of a previous birth. When people asked Carvey to marry again, he said, I am a widower. If I marry another time, it shall be a widow only. To which his friend's father, Balakrishna Joshi, replied, If you have decided to marry a widow, why not it be my daughter Godubai herself? Godubai happened to be the sister of Carvey's closest friend, Narhari Pant, and he gladly accepted the suggestion. Godubai was married to Carvey and he changed her name to Anandibai after marriage. However, Carvey's act of marrying a widow was not liked by the more orthodox sections. And when he, along with his wife Anandibai, visited Murud, the villagers boycotted him and passed a resolution forbidding anyone to have any interaction with him. He could not even speak with his mother, brother or sister and Bikaji was emotionally affected by this. Karbe's mother and brother did not visit his home even when they came to town, nor was he informed when his mother was seriously ill. The courageous act of marrying a widow came at a terrible personal cost for Karbe. In spite of society's rejection of Karbe and its harsh treatment, he did not develop any bitterness or ill will towards it. He knew that such sufferings had to be borne when one set out to reform the injustice in society. Karbe always said that while society must be reformed, it should be a slow, long process instead of trying to push it forcibly. He went ahead with his mission for taking care of widows and set up the Widow Marriage Association. Its main aim was to give a platform to those men who wished to marry widows and also to educate public about it. Carvey did not believe in just pushing through with reforms. He felt that people also need to be educated first. He sought to reform society, not destroy it. He wanted to improve it, not bring about further divisions. He also felt that those widows who were cast out need to be rehabilitated. And in 1896, he set up the Ananta Ashram Association at Pune. In 1900, this ashram was shifted to Hingne, a small village close to Pune, and many educated ladies like Parvati Bai Atavale, Kashi Bai Diyodar volunteered to work there. Many young widows were educated at this ashram and also given assistance to make them live on their own. It was not an easy task for Karve. He had to personally walk to Pune from Hinge every day over four miles of slushy road in cold rain or hot sun. Carrying the articles needed for the ashram on his back, he walked the entire road every day for close to two years, at times often neglecting his own wife and children. He was the brother to all women and inmates of the ashram, being there when they needed ill when they were ill or needed encouragement. The heavy work at the Balikashram meant Karve had to take a three-year leave without pay from his post as maths professor at Ferguson and dedicated his life for that. It was a terrible personal cost for him. His children did not have good clothes. They could not enjoy festival like others and even his own wife went unhappy on this account, which he mentioned in his autobiography too. Orthodox people blamed Karve for destroying the purity of Hinduism. What was worse? Even many so-called reformers did not give him the necessary support. They blamed him for setting up the ashram due to which lesser people came forward for widow remarriage. He was attacked in most newspapers, yet Kave bore all of this with a stoic demeanor. In 1907, he set up the Mahila Vijjalaya in Pune to spread learning among women. He set up the two funds, Brahmacharya and Education, to ensure girls did not marry before 20 and that they attended school. 
Around the same time, he observed that many missionaries came in the guise of social work and ended up converting people to Christianity. Carway felt that if he created a team of volunteers who would selflessly work for the Palikashram and Vichalia, our society would flourish and there would no, be no conversions. His philosophy was simple. Why would people convert to other religions if we can do the same service to them? Which is when he started the institution of a selfless service. By 1914, he left his job at Ferguson and dedicated his entire life to this institution only. All his earnings would go to the institution and only that must was was needed for the family would be kept aside. With his wife Anandi by herself looking after the affairs of the Mahilashram, he had all the support needed. In 1915, after reading a pamphlet on a Japanese woman university, he came up with the idea for an exclusive women's university in India, which would have three main ambitions to educate women and develop their personality, to enable them to play a better role as mothers and wives, and to make them a citizens and national building. During Mumbai, Chennai, Bangalore, Ahmedabad, Karve spoke about his vision for a women's university and began to raise funds for it. In 1916, the women's university was established at Hinge. The Mahilashram was the campus. Karve again went all over the country raising funds and managed to raise 2 lakh rupees. The medium of instruction was in Marathi as Karve felt students could learn faster and easier that way. Sri Vitaldas Thakarse, a wealthy plum, philanthropist of Mumbai, was impressed by Kaveh's work and he donated a huge sum of 15 lakh rupees. The university was now renamed to Srimati Nathibai Damodar Das Thakarse Women's University, or better known as SNDT University, in honor of Vitaldas mother. By now, Karve's greatness had been recognized, and in April 1928, on his 71st birthday, he was honored when a road in Pune was named after him. His selfless work earned Garvey the title of Bharshi for leading the Indian woman from darkness to light, from ignorance to knowledge and freeing them from the shackles of blind belief. He also went on a world tour in 1929 to Europe, America and Japan. He attended the International Educational Conference at Elsinore. He met Einstein in Berlin with whom he exchanged his views. During his tours, he managed to raise a good amount of money for his institutions. And even though his university was well established, Carve did not rest on his laurels. At 78, he was still out there, this time spreading primary education in rural Maharashtra, for which he established the Primary Education Society. For the promotion of equality, when he was around 86 years old, Benares Hindu University conferred a honorary doctorate on him. He was given the Padma Bhushan in 1955. On his 100th birthday in 1958, the government awarded the Bharat Ratna to him, which was truly deserved. And on 9th November 1962, Dondo Keshav Karve passed away after living 100 years. His last words summed up the man. If Swarajya or self-government is to lead to the welfare state, there is one mantra. A mantra proclaimed in our ancient writings, the mantra of the consideration for the good of all. Naman to Sri Dondo Keshav Karve Aka Maharshi Kabe, a true Bharat Ratna.